Once upon a time, if you can believe, a podcast of which one can hardly conceive. Three sorcerers planned to take over the world, examples they discussed and plans they unfurled. When in an offence, if any are caught, what they've said is for humour, not actually thought. Sit back, relax, take in the narration, and enjoy this here episode of World Domination. Uh, so welcome to World Domination. Uh, welcome to the end of season two. I am your host, uh, the High Old Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Amora, and I am the Prophecy. And I'm your host, Matt Mordiken. Excellent. Well done, everyone. Good pun Hello. names today. Willow. Willow. Okay. I never remember how the Google guy pronounces it. Willow. 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 <laughs> so, as many of you will have heard in our at the end of our last episode, and it remains to be seen how the audio quality for this is going, but we're actually recording in person today. Oh, oh hey, guys. Oh. Is that what you look like? Oh, I finally know. <laughs> Just... For those listening, Jim is currently just waving. Yes, I realise this is excellent for an audio medium, but wave to the crowd. Hello. Smile away, boy. Smile away. So how's everybody's week been? It has been a bloody hectic week, and I ended the week with a massive night out last night, so I am extremely hungover. (laughs) Macca's was great, but... uh, (laughs) Oh, I do not feel good. Jim did buy ice cream, so that did help. Thank you. Which I did notice that the price of those have gone up. Bastards. The listeners at home are looking to get a sense of just how over, uh, just how hungover Emmy is. (laughs) Uh, She sent us this at 11.13pm last night. Don't hate me because you ain't me. I think directly after it, I actually said, I'm going to regret this tomorrow. You and did. I, that I do. Oh, it was a good night, though. Such a good time. <laughs> Don't hate me because right. you ain't me. <laughs> How's your week been, Ken? Oh, so busy. So much going on. Not a great week, but I'm happy to be here. Like, you know, got ice cream today. So, you know. But you know what? You know how you just said that ice cream makes you happy? Do you know? This is. Completely off topic, but there was a um, article because in New Zealand on one of the like the dairies, I think it's with Streets or Peter's, one of the ice creams. They have a sign and like the slogan is "Ice cream makes you happy," mm-hmm. and all the the PC brigade are saying that you can't do that because then that's telling kids that ice cream's like good for you. Mm. And I was like, well, and like to be happy, you have to have ice cream. Yeah, and I was like, I mean, well, no. <laughs> I mean, there's like. You know, almost a hundred years of marketing that say that cars make you sexy. <laughs> and they do. <laughs> or smoking is cool. Yeah. But like, it's just, uh, I don't know. So, today we're talking about Willow. Willow. Like, what did you guys think of the movie just from like a critical level before Amazing. we actually Amazing. I really enjoy that movie. I curse that movie and I curse the individual who originally voted for it to make it one of our choices and i found it decidedly average so we really (laughs) span the gamut here it was the worst movie i've ever seen and i've seen a lot of terrible movies it was bad i think i was like messaging you guys in the middle of it and i felt like 12 you know 12 years a slave that was me yep (laughs) and the movie went for two hours yeah and then, and that was at the 10 minute mark what are you talking about about? it's got the fourth best batman in it Val, I didn't no, think sorry, Val- fifth best Batman. I did not think that Valkyrie, like 
could get any worse than he was in Batman oh, until I watched this movie. That's what he's famous for. <laughs> famous for, yeah. Okay, I thought Val- Actually, Val he's like big break. He played Iceman in Top Gun. Yeah. So, yeah, look, he was better in that. You can just- ride my tail anytime. All right. Yeah, that movie's a weird, like, homoerotic nightmare. <laughs> All right, then. My dad loves that movie. Top Gun? Yeah. As soon as he got... Because he used to be in the Air Force, but as soon as he got... um. Like, like really good speakers at home. He would just turn that movie on and just blast like the beginning scene where all the jets are going and just sit there on like the lounge chair just staring at the TV. Are our dad's twins? <laughs> I think so. When, like when my dad <laughs> discovered that like surround sound was a thing and he went and bought one, he's like, gotta fucking go and get Top Gun. Where's fucking Top Gun? <laughs> Seriously was like, I remember back in the day, he got all the surround sound speakers and like literally placed them around the room. Got his like lounge chair, put it in the middle of the room and just, he would just play the first like 10 minutes over and over again. <laughs> uh, but we're getting back to it. Willow was a fucking terrible movie. Wait, wait, wait sorry, sorry. Willow was a fantastic movie. Hey, it was terrible. What about the giant double-headed penis dragon didn't you like? The double-headed dragon penis puppet, whatever uh, the fuck okay, he said. Okay, okay, I didn't like that either. So. The whole thing, like there just was no storyline. Well, there was, but it was the most rubbish thing ever. It didn't make sense. And you just like, so, okay, I feel like you need to give the give the spiel of what the movie is about, Jim, and then we can rip it to, well, I can rip it to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> and Ken can extol its virtues. Exactly. And I can say there is worse things that you could do with your time, <laughs> like develop a heroin addiction. Look, okay, look, a heroin addiction is, is worse, but this is this is up there. I mean, I got the high, but I didn't get the addiction. So, you know, it's like, a, it's like you know, the best of both worlds. It's like heroin, heroin without the yeah. in. Exactly. Yeah. It's just hero. Hey, I need a hero. The one thing about being in person recording this is I can look you in the eye and shake my head at you. <laughs> just like look at me with dead, cold, shame eyes. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Willow is a movie where the story was written by George Lucas, but not the screenplay, nor did he direct it. If you're familiar with George Lucas's work that came shortly after this, like the Star Wars prequels, some of this might sound very familiar to you. <laughs> or even some of his early work, like the original Star Wars. So, <laughs> the, sto- the story... is very well known for Star Wars. Yeah. No, but just like the general story structure is very similar. Anyway, so... It's very similar to every bloody fantasy movie, though. Uh, the, the titular character, Willow Ufgood, and we're starting very early with the George Lucas tradition of having very unpronounceable and unrememberable names, <laughs> uh, is what is called a Nelwyn, which is this universe's version of a hobbit, basically. So the story goes that the person who plays the titular character, Willow, uh, Warwick Davis, met George Lucas on the set of Return of the Jedi, where he played one of the Ewoks. Uh, and George Lucas thought he was such an interesting person that he decided to write a movie for him. And so he wrote this. Congratulations, you get Willow. <laughs> Did he like him? <laughs> Questionable. He definitely liked him. 100%. Uh, yeah, I imagine it might be a bit hard for uh, someone like Warwick Davis to find like leading roles. Because Warwick Davis is a little person or a dwarf. Uh, but yeah, he, he does quite well in this movie, considering the fact he was seventeen when they filmed this. Yeah, like, like I, I don't, I don't mind him. Yeah, He's there are like... much worse actors in this movie. <laughs> Val Kilmer for one. <laughs> the fucking queen. Oh, Val Kilmer. 
Anyway, so. I'm a really bad judge of actors. <laughs> well, who do you think is a good actor? And who do you think is a bad actor? And then we will tell you. Oh, actually, I don't know actor names, so, you know. I think Val Kilmer did a good job. Mm. Well, I mean, it's a shit movie, so, you know, I'll, get, I'll cut him some slack oh, in that. <laughs> you could only do so much. Joanna Whaler? I mean, I've got the cast list up. Mm. Sorsha. Actually, no, but uh, she she had red Joe hair. Wally. Yeah, Joe Wally, yeah. She had red hair in the movie, so, <laughs> she, she, you know, she's by default amazing. She could have not said anything at all, and you would have still been fine yeah, with Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, the movie starts with a text scroll. Again, we're talking about George Lucas here. Starts with a text scroll, extolting, giving us some backstory. There's an evil queen. There's a prophecy that a child board soon will vanquish this queen and that you know peace and prosperity will be returned to the land um again it's another like vaguely medieval lord of the ringsy kind of setting yep so there's a baby born and it's hurry it's you know hushed away in secrecy and it ends up through a strange series of circumstances ending up with willow Ulfgood, um who goes on this quest to deliver the baby to safety Oh, you know, throughout the journey, he met uh, Mad Mordigan. Yep. So Mad Mordigan. Do we ever find out like what his deal is? No, it was just, he just appeared in a cage. Yeah. So along the side of Val, the road. Val Kilmer appears in a cage, and that's all the backstory you get for him. He's just like he's just some thief or something like that. And then he, I don't know. Oh, uh, I thought his name was Mordigan, but he was mad. But apparently, his name is Mad Mordigan. Yeah, so that's. I, I thought he was just a crazy person. Again, up, but apparently not. So again. Also, George that. Lucas does not think about this sort of thing when he's writing his stories. He has a prophecy. You he know, writes prophecy. them down and doesn't think about how it's spoken. That's enough backstory mm. for everything. Ugh. It's just such a shit storyline. But yeah, so after that, after he meets him, it basically it's just on this weird journey to then get... To deliver this baby. The baby, Alora. Yeah, to get the baby, Alora Danum, to... Somewhere. Somewhere. I don't really know. I think they were trying to get it to safety and then the baby got kidnapped. Oh, so their quest was just to like drop her off with the first person they found. Yeah. Yeah. Which was Val Kilmer. Which was Val Kilmer. (laughs) And then the crow bloody stole it off Val Kilmer. (laughs) And then they got into the bloody woods. Yeah. And there was. Brownies. Brownies and a Brownies. Stole uh, the baby, took it into the woods. And then when they were in the woods, uh, Tinkerbell came along and saved the baby. And then they met the goddess. Yeah. Sorry. It was just... And, and brownies are... We'll just say maybe the size of a... If you've seen Fern Gully, basically that. <laughs> what if you haven't seen Fern Gully? Just ask or, for the Or like Gulliver's Travels. I kept thinking of Gulliver's Travels as I was watching it because oh, yeah. they were like tied up on the ground and all these brown, like little, very small people running around. And I was like, this is just, they just got every movie just yeah. wrapped in one. Like any fantasy trope you can think of, it's in this movie. The evil queen, the chosen child, the halfling who'll save the universe, you know, just- um, wizards, <laughs> um, you know, the, the scoundrel with a heart of gold. Um, yeah. What else is Everything. in there? Everything. Uh, a weird sled chase down a mountain on a shield. Yep. Um, got it. <laughs> got it. Check. <laughs> what are the other fantasy tropes? Oh, turning into animals. Mm. Um, kindly old wizards. Yep. Who are like secretly like not that good at what they do. It's just uh, it's just too much. 
Just All of these classic techniques one. to put in one classic. movie. Any trope you can think it's of. You know what? It's probably where it. all these techniques came from. 1988, you know? All, you, you, know you don't think that any of these things existed before 1988? <laughs> now, clearly, this Just... is the original. This is like the OG of fantasy. Oh, That's God. why it's so good, guys. But essentially, once they're, they're sort of... On... <laughs> this is the like cuneiform tablet of fantasy? Okay. <laughs> Um, once they're on the run, then um, the queen's army comes and like steals the baby because she can't kill the baby. She has to do some yeah, sort of. I don't like, get that. Why does she have to? She has. To, she says she has to exile its spirit into the netherworld. <laughs> just kill, I don't, the, just baby. kill the baby. I really don't get that. That's. I, that's. I think we're just. I just get confused. She's just a baby. Maybe. It, maybe if she doesn't do that, it reincarnates into the next baby. I mean, they yeah, don't... but then you just keep killing the baby every oh, time crap, it comes guys. back. You, you and can't then, just keep killing babies. Well, you just you know, it's just one baby because it's got the mark on it, so you know which baby it is, and then just keep killing it, and then eventually she'll die anyway. Well, you scare them away, so they flee to the. South Pole and they're flying bison and get trapped in a block of ice for a hundred years. Yeah! Emma's looking at us with both shame <laughs> and disgust. That was the end. Oh god. Oh man. Um, but look, it was. Do we care about terrible. spoiling the ending of this movie? No. So the baby, the prophecy of the baby, like being the one to like vanquish the lady, the the evil queen, is fucking bullshit. Because she gets vanquished by a fucking bolt of lightning when she like puts her hand up into the air. She turns really old as soon as it starts raining. Of course, in these movies, it's always raining as it starts to come towards the end, and then it just. As soon as it started raining, it was like bloody Wizard of Oz and she starts like melting and like turns into this old lady. And I was just like, I don't understand what's happening. just her makeup running. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just. Uh, oh, also, just, there's one thing that I really wanted to point out. Um, so they meet along the way. Part of their journey is they have to go and find this other uh, magic user. Raziel. They have to go and find this other, what do they call her, a witch? Ooh, sorceress? Sorceress. Yeah, they have to go and find this other sorceress called Raziel, who has been banished by the evil queen to this island somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And if they if they can find her, then they can use her to help overthrow the evil queen. She's been turned into yeah. a muskrat by the evil queen, and they spend, like, a good two-thirds of the movie, like, trying to turn her back into a human with, like, magic. But there's one line which I have to ask. So do you think the whole thing of her, like, changing from animal to animal... They did that just because of this one line. There's a part where she turns into a crow and they're following her around and she goes, this way, as the crow flies. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I don't think they put that much. Oh my God, I did. I, I, you know, my appreciation for this movie just grew a little bit more. <sighs> Although with that though, apparently it's the first film um, to use the morphing technique that was developed by Industrial Light and Magic. Yeah, and they really See. fucking show so, it off. OG. Everyone, fantasy OG. Like, there's, like, there's that one scene where it keeps turning into like different animals, like different animals. Tiger, dog, bunny rabbit, cat, and then slowly like morphs into a human. It was just this old lady. Oh, it's so bad. Didn't you say she was like a young lady, like mm. when she was being turned from, you know, that muskrat? Yeah. Well, she a was a young lady. Yeah, I think. Yeah, when she oh, realized when she, she was morphed oh, back in, she realized, oh shit, like a lot I've of been time here for has about passed. fifty years. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> that was a lot longer than I thought. Damn, that's kind of like my life during watching that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie—that's <sighs> <sighs> what I felt like I looked like at the end of it. Awesome. No, I just think for me that it was just—it just there was just too much going on. 
but also not quite but enough. But not enough? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, it just like, yeah. didn't hit the mark. There's just so many different plot beats. Yeah. They're like, yeah. all right, we're going to go here, then we're going to go here, then we're going to yeah. go here, and then this happens. And then, and then yeah, and then when they brought in bloody Val Kilmer, they were like, I could see what they're trying to do around having this, like, guy that's... The swashbuckling... He yeah. Went from, he went from very, very crazy person to very, very nice person really quickly, and that was like... Really yeah, it's a, yeah, he was like... Soon after he got laid... Yes. <laughs> yeah. oh. but, it, no, but it's just kind of like, yeah, we're not going to give you the baby. We're not going to give you the baby. And then like neck minute. Neck hey, minute. Fine. Here's, here's the baby. Here's like, the baby. Oh, this is too inconvenient. Do, if you baby. promise to look after her. And then like next <laughs> scene, they see the baby like being <laughs> carried by a crow. And Valkyrie was in cross-dressing. Yeah. I just. Yeah. That was unnecessary. <laughs> also, there was a wagon chase. That was really fun. Oh, yeah. I found that super entertaining. So should we move on to what we thought of Bab Morda's plan? Anyway, so she ends up uh, managing to catch the baby, gets a ritual ready, but uh, throughout there was people coming in to stop her and uh, she ended up dying. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's a very unglamorous death. No. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just like a fight scene at the end with the two old ladies yeah. just going at oh, They it. were really going at it. <laughs> And Willow's off in the corner with his bloody wiggly piece of wood. And yeah, imagine like a fist fight between like two geriatric old ladies, and like that's the climax of this movie. It's just like two like ladies who clearly have like very little flexibility or body strength. Can I just say, if Damien hasn't watched this movie, just after that one sentence, he's now very much going to watch it. <laughs> two geriatric ladies having a fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and what? Oh, also after that, all that whole ordeal, what really got her was that sleight of hand trick. That yes, yes, I thought uh, that was. A I nice, did like okay, that, that was a good little callback. That was a I good like callback. That. Yeah. All right, I'll give them that. So, the start of the movie, Willow is you know pledging to the magician's fraternity, um, <laughs> and he's practicing his tricks out the at the front of this little fate that they're having. And his trick is that he can, like, make a pig disappear by, like, putting it through, like, a, a hole in the table that he's working on. And then he does that same thing at the end to, like, fool the witch into thinking that he's made the baby disappear. And it's a nice little callback. It's good. Yeah. That, that bit good. I liked. Yeah. Everything else, yeah. <laughs> Everything else was awesome, too. Yeah. Just, yeah. And I think that the... um What was it? The... When they're at the castle. I just... <laughs> Val Kilmer, there was one man at this castle and it looks like they'd gotten there five minutes before this whole fucking army arrived and yet he'd set up all these bloody Home Alone booby traps (laughs) and he was, like, fighting off, like, a couple of hundred. Yeah. And it's just like, how? And then these bloody Planet of the Apes trolls appeared. Yeah, trolls. What the hell? Trolls. Not trolls. Trolls, but they were apes. Using ape costumes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when was when was Planet of the Apes the original filmed? Because it was probably before that, wasn't it? It was before this. Yeah, yeah. they definitely reused those costumes. Yeah, one hundred percent. Oh man. So I guess if we're going to be rating her plan, so her plan was that essentially, so she kept all the pregnant women basically in a dungeon until they gave birth, so that she could check this if it was a girl, what the if it bared if the it mark, had a birthmark on it. Yeah. Um, and then I think it was that the midwife, they'd obviously tell us, they'd run and tell her that, hey, the baby's, we found it, and then she would perform the ritual. Yeah. 
And that was it. <laughs> so like, there is plan. The one problem with this plan is that, you know, pregnant women are not a finite resource. They're a renewable resource. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess, and I don't know in the prophecy if it actually says, but was there like a timeline around when that, what generation or when that baby was due to come? Or was it just at some point? Because is she just like capturing pregnant women for years? But I think that's, that's where it's just kind of like, uh, I don't know. Seers have foretold the birth of a child who, who will bring about the downfall of the powerful queen, Bav Morda. Mm. Oh, so they worded it that way. Yeah. yeah. So she'll bring about the downfall. Yeah. That's lame. <laughs> <laughs> Told you, this movie is rubbish. <laughs> Simple, but genius. <laughs> Excuse me? Um... Yeah, look, so I think, so that was the plan, essentially. So my rating of that plan is zero. <laughs> Whoa! Like, I just, look, okay, look, uh, maybe maybe I'll give her a one because technically the plan, like, is, is okay. Kidnap any pregnant women. I mean, kidnap- you've got nine months to figure out if someone's pregnant. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's fine. It's obviously, it's a small medieval town. She's got people that go around. Like, I get it. Mm. And it was obviously working for her. They found the baby. But I think the issue was what she did once the baby was born. Mm. And that's where my, my plan comes in. But that she just didn't have the plan with shit outside of that. You got any thoughts, Ken? Oh, I think the plan was amazing, okay? <laughs> Tell me more, Ken. So here's Tell the me thing. more. This is like, like Bavmorda was already in power at the time. Okay, she was like, she... You know, listen to the prophecy. You know, she, she, you know, she took out insurance, make sure you know she will stay in power, and then um, she, you know, followed through by putting in measures to stop someone from bringing her downfall. And you know, she's basically, you know, got she's taken in all the pre- uh, pre- pregnant ladies. You know, she's done done all the homework. It's just like you know, there's like there's some security leaks, there's some problems. You know, it's like one. That midwife issue, but I think she's like done her homework and she tried to fix it afterwards as well. So I think you know, like six, I'd say. But also, right, that she was really dumb in that she was told by one of the foreseers or whatever that your daughter is going to betray you, betray you. Actually, yeah. And she was like, she wouldn't do that. And then that's and the then, whole reason that they've like freaking lost. Supposedly her end. and her daughter is like loyal and to death to her. And like one dude calls her pretty and she's like, wait, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I get that part. That's the one part of this I get. But no, it's just, uh, you base your whole life and your whole domination plan or whatever on, this prophecy that yep. these foreseers, and then you, and then you have one foreseer that's like, hey, hey, your hey. daughter that you just had a go at, she's she's probably the one that you like belittle and demean all <laughs> yeah, of her life. She's going to betray you. Who also wears a bloody. She might not be hundred percent loyal to you. She what's the? Oh my god, I can't even think of his name right now. The Mongolian leader. What's his name? Genghis Khan. Yeah, she wears a bloody helmet like Genghis Khan. <laughs> That's all I kept thinking Does of. She? Not, yeah, but the, look, look it up. Look at the picture of her. But that's all I kept picturing there was like, I'm, I was picturing, or maybe it's like, no, I kept having visions of Mulan in my head, looking at her in her helmet of like the... Do you want to come around here and see what the first image that pops up when I type in Genghis Khan is? And for the listeners, I'm going to put this in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, like what I said for Lord of the Rings, this is another situation where everything that could have possibly gone wrong went wrong for 
Bav Morda. That, that's my. That's why I think you know she deserves some positive points. She does deserve some positive points, but where it's flipped here is Sauron had to do a whole bunch of things. He had to take over an entire world. Bav Morda had to kill one infant. I've said this to you guys before, but I don't know if I've said, I've said this on the pod. But a baby giraffe is almost a fully functioning giraffe. A baby human can do fucking nothing. <laughs> Are you justifying killing small children? <laughs> Look, I'm not here to take sides. <laughs> sounds like you've taken a side. Like, like I said. You've definitely taken a side. Like I said, yeah, I found a baby and killed it. Like I said, I found this movie decidedly average. What I think Bav Morda needed was more middle management. Middle management, yes. She had Skeletor. What more do you need? <laughs> it's middle middle management. There's lots of upper management and there's lots of lower management of the midwives. There's no middle managers to keep things on track, and I think that's what she needs. Well, that's fair. Um, also, uh, yeah, uh, Skeleton Dude is a guy named Kale uh, who has a skull mask. He's medieval Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon he drinks like monster energy drinks, like exclusively? So what did you, so I gave her, in the end, I gave her a one. What did you give her? I gave her a six. Six? Five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one, five, six. Look, you know, she's fairly good at what, what she sets out to do. Like she turns all the people into pigs at one point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's so like. Why doesn't she just do that? Yeah, I don't know. She like holds her own against another very powerful sorceress. She like. I think that was one of the things that I was questioning at the end because it's right at the end when things get heavy that you realise that she can do that. Yeah, she can. And I just like, thought, why? Why, why are, are you fighting all the? Why are you not doing that to start with? Yeah, it's the same argument with like Harry Potter that like when you have magic, normal logical means of doing things break down completely because you yeah. can just like do whatever you want. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you have any fun facts before we move on to our plans, Emma? Yeah, there was a few couple of cute things. Did you know those, um, the weird devil dogs that they used? They were just normal dogs. They were just normal. They were Rottweilers and they had rubber masks on them. I felt so bad for them. And this is why Rottweilers get a bloody bad rap. Uh, also that um, Val Kilmer and Joanne Whaley, Whaley who played Sorsha. So they were, they were love interests in the movie, but they actually, uh, it went off screen and they got married. Aww. I think um I don't think they're married anymore though. No, they? I think they got divorced. I think it was 96 or something like that that they got That's sad. That's not that long a marriage. And another which I I think you guys will appreciate this one was that um there was a lot of uh, like um livestock and pigs and that sort of thing around and uh a lot of during a lot of the filming scenes a lot of them were trying to mate with each other. They just couldn't stop these pigs from furking. <laughs> So a lot of the uh, there was a few crew members who like their job was to pour ice cold like water buckets <laughs> on the pigs just before they started filming oh, so that they put would that stop. on the resume. <laughs> Professional pig cold showerer. Yeah, pretty much. Anti fluffer. Uh, oh, and I guess one other thing the um so in there there's this whole thing about black root. Yeah. And how it was like they well you can't give it to once. If they like, bring it up once, it's never brought up again. But it was like this whole thing of like you can't give it to the Laura. You can't. They actually used vanilla. Yeah. So it's why not feeding. just call it vanilla? Because I don't know. Look, can you give vanilla oh, to Black a child? Root, was blackroot not a real thing? No. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But I don't know whether. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether it was actually supposed to be like vanilla. Hmm. Like substitute. I think they just used vanilla because it looked like a blackroot. Yeah. So my rant that I wanted to have today oh, um, is about something called the hero's journey. 
So, George Lucas read this book in the 70s called uh, The Hero with a Thousand Faces by a guy called Joseph Campbell. And Joseph Campbell came up with this idea called The Hero's Journey, which was that most myths and legends from most human cultures share a common story structure. And George Lucas was so taken with this idea that he put this structure into, like, most of his stories. So, like, Star Wars follows it, this follows it, uh, what are the other... I think uh, Raiders follows it fairly well, mm-hmm. but not as much because he didn't have as much input in it into that as some of his other movies. So, George Campbell came up with a series of steps to illustrate the kind of story beats that he was calling out. And one of them is literally called The Refusal of the... Sorry. One of them is literally called The Call to Adventure, which is where the hero receives their call to do something heroic and in willow's case it's when the baby comes floating down the river and lands on his farm the very next step is the refusal of the call and in willow it's willow literally going put that baby back on the river it's not our problem it's somebody else's problem she made me the baby was moses down down the stream literally wrapped in a fucking basket one of the other steps is crossing the threshold which is when they literally walk over the line of the forest and meet mad mortigan yep um there's one called uh meeting with the goddess and they literally meet a fucking fairy goddess at one point in this movie Um, fuck it's there's a there's a step called resurrection which is where like which is where they bring raziel back it's just like he literally just got like the steps from the hero's journey and just went okay willow does this okay next step refusal of the call willow says put that baby back in the river it's not our problem like Uh, it's basically like uh, it's a Mad Libs version of a fantasy story. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I can totally see that in all. all that makes other- it yeah. makes the whole thing make so much more sense. Just just picturing it as a fucking Mad Libs. It's perfect. <laughs> but I guess look, if you found the the award winning formula, mm. why not continue to use it? Yeah. <laughs> Good on you. People eat that stuff up. Oh, I did. <laughs> you got Ken. Well. That was Joseph Campbell's whole point was that these things are like fundamental to the human experience, which is why there's so many stories that follow that structure. But like, it's one, it's also one of those things that like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And you'll be noticing like refusals of the call and like meeting with the goddess in like everything you see. Oh my yeah. God. That's why I haven't succeeded in life. Because you haven't met the goddess. The call. <laughs> it's not working for you me. You just haven't met it's... your goddess yet, Ken. It's okay. Ah, okay. God. Jim, maybe you're my goddess. Gross. <laughs> Who's gone first today? Ken. Okay. I can go first. <laughs> Here's the thing. I was thinking that everyone, like not everyone really cares about the prophecy. Like you can see like all of the um, adventures that these guys have gone through. It's not like everyone's actively trying to find them. It's just the queen and the queen's like guard that's really attacking them. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking like really, you know, like, you know, rein it back in. Don't let the... Prophecy go too far. People don't really care about it, okay? But, you know, for those that care, you need to go, like, you know, maybe give them a better, like, living condition. You know, like, so, he, he like, you know, clearly if there are people out there who want her down, that means, you know, she's not a great queen. You know, so, you know, one of the plans is to be, be a better queen, but how do you deal with the prophecy? So, okay, I'm feeling, instead of capturing them and um, putting everyone inside a prison... Uh, all the pregnant women inside a prison, you should give them, like, proper, like, you know, healthcare treatment. So, everyone, like, you know... Did anybody have proper healthcare treatment? I, I, feel, I feel like, you know, Bav Morta should start this movement. You know, give yeah. them proper OBGYN treatment right here, okay? <laughs> okay? Everyone gets a healthy birth, you know, everyone, you know, tr- like, 
trap all the ladies in via like this goodwill. So, you know, everyone who wants like a safe birth, you know, at a time where childbirth is the mortality, uh, infant mortality rate is so high, it's important to have good uh, birthing facilities. Okay. Why do all of your plans involve luring people somewhere? Uh, anyway, so, you know, treat people nice, you know, people won't try to like, over, you know, over overthrow you. And, you know, when the prophecy baby finally comes, like, you know, finally, like, you know, tr- treat it as if, oh, this baby's changed my life. I'm such a, like, lovely person now. And then be like, okay, that's caused, like, the downfall of, like, you know, her as an evil queen. And uh, and also, um, use her magical abilities that she displayed during the ritual to create a giant downfall of rain on the farmlands. That way, it, you know, covers all the, all the grounds in terms of the prophecy. So, you know, it, um, the birth of the child uh, will bring about the downfall of the powerful Queen Bathmorda. So it brings the downfall, which is the rain, you know, the crops grow, everyone's yeah, so happy. you're using the word again. Yes. <laughs> everyone's happy. And then, you know, people will stop caring about the prophecy because it's already passed. And then eventually maybe you can, maybe afterwards use the ritual to kill the baby. But, you know, don't worry about it. That- do, you know, do you know what though, right? And I shouldn't be helping you. Mm-hmm. But if if everybody's coming to her when, when they're pregnant because they're realizing that they get all this like five-star OBGYN mm-hmm. treatment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it could, you could create a, um, like one of the routine things is that similar to what it is now, that is when the baby's born, it gets taken away for a couple of tests and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Once you realize it's the baby, sorry, it, it died during, <gasps> like when we were doing the tests, like oh, we thought wow. it was fine. And, and then you get to the one that has the birthmark on it. You can kill her and be like, All right. Time to shut up shop, wrap it up, we're done. <laughs> Next. But it's, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a bad plan. But I, I think, yeah, you could probably use that five-star thing and yeah. just, well, sorry, your baby didn't make it. Because that mm-hmm. way, if everybody thinks that she's lovely and giving this great treatment mm-hmm. and there's been so many, well, yep. there would be ones that wouldn't make it anyway. Hmm. And that's my plan, everyone. With the help of everyone. Yeah. yeah. I think it's not a bad plan. Ooh. My plan. <laughs> Here we go. So one thing that we see Bath Morda doing in through the course of the movie is she turns an army that's trying to invade her castle into pigs. And you know who can't have babies? Pigs. Well, not human babies at least. <laughs> yeah, pig babies. Yeah. My plan is to turn all the women in the land into pigs. And that way none of them can have any babies to overthrow me. <laughs> Um, and you know what we also see Willow using his pig for earlier in the movie? Plow in his fields. Women can still be useful. Jesus oh my Christ. gosh. <laughs> Woo. Uh, Hashtag feminism. Hey. <laughs> yeah, but now there's no children. Yeah, I only need to keep this up for like 10 years. Yeah, but you don't know. The prophecy doesn't give you a timeline. Oh, okay, that's true. Okay, so it doesn't, tell, it doesn't tell you. So you would have to turn all the women into pigs yep, all tell the time. you what. The, the dude can bring his pig wife to me and say, I would like to have a baby with my pig wife mistress. And I can say, it is granted. Sit over there for nine months. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. And then does she get to, oh, so she doesn't have to be a pig afterwards? Uh, no, she gets to go back to a pig after that. But then couldn't you gets just to, do that in general? Keywords. Yeah, gets to. Couldn't you just do that in general without having to turn everybody into pigs? So I turn everyone into pigs, is that what you're saying? No, but like just not turn anybody into a pig and just be like, if they want to have a child, they have to come well, no, to you Well, no, because people could do it in secret and not tell me. I need to have right. a way for them to have to request it from me. Oh. But what happens if the guys just get desperate? Because obviously, like... And they fuck men- a pig, problem solved. <laughs> oh, my God. 
This is like a magical kingdom. You're probably going to get some weird halflings. Okay. <laughs> I don't see the problem. Yeah, I'm not here. seeing any problems here. Um, okay. It works. <laughs> but. As a woman, I cannot <laughs> condone this plan. I mean, at all. Would it be better if I changed the man into pigs? Oh, men you know pigs. what? You know, it, you know what? You can, we can do that, yes. We have the technology. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> it takes two to tango. It does. You're, you're okay with men being pigs? <laughs> hey. I'm seeing some blatant sexism Yeah, there here. is. I was okay with either being pigs. And Emma's just straight jumped straight on. No, I... Uh, I don't know. So what was your plan? Um, so my plan is... Look, I think her plan wasn't terrible in that she had all of the pregnant women captured. So I think that she clearly had a good plan going. And the only thing I think that I would change is that when the bloody baby was born and they found it, everybody fucking right. There was about 12 people in the room during the birth. And then they all ran out to go find Bav Mortar. So what you're saying is more middle management. Yeah, more middle management. management. But also the fact like labor doesn't go for five seconds. Like go get her as soon as the ba- like each baby is about to be born just in case because mm. if anything goes down she's there and she can actually monitor what's happening yeah so i feel like it's a small it's a like it's not a very long drawn out plan but it's she still ha- doesn't have to like in your plan can doesn't have to pretend to be a nice person because she's a dickhead hey oh yeah nobody yeah, love is love so she doesn't have to turn anybody into a pig unless she wants i she mean can. nobody has to but that was your plan, Jim. But it's a fun. It's for funsies. <laughs> but I just think it's just one slight change, and all she had to do was either be present there and keep her eye on that baby and do the bloody ritual right afterwards, or have more middle management. That there was somebody else outside of another, like peasant midwife. It was literally just the peasant midwife and the mother hmm. who were in the room with the baby, and she was like. Don't let them take my baby. And she's like, okay, and then took her baby. Like, and then Moses it down the, down mm-hmm. the bloody stream. Also, how long was that woman running for? Because the baby grew like four inches of hair. Yeah, I've read something that the baby was wearing a wig <laughs> yeah. the whole time. Uh, who the fuck they had knows? to glue on with like honey. Yeah, <laughs> who the fuck knows what like, was going on. <laughs> Imagine that poor production assistant that had to go down to the costume store and be like, "Uh, can I get a baby wig, please? (laughs) (laughs) And some honey? Uh, (laughs) Extra, extra, extra small, please? (laughs) And can I get some honey too, please? (laughs) Sticky card? Um, Yeah, look. I think that's it. Like, it's not... I don't like to think about this movie a lot. <laughs> so my plan isn't I've been like the it. 10 steps that I had or whatever it was for Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones yeah. <laughs> but it's just, I just think that with that one, actually it's kind of like my Rumble Stiltskin one with Shrek, but it's just one small change and I think it would have been fine. Like just be there. <laughs> be present be for the birth of your <laughs> child slayer. <laughs> Like, that's all you had to do. I don't even know where the fuck she was. I mean, you, you basically have the, you have the potential for the same problem if you have, like, a, a rogue agent <laughs> or, like, a spy mm. in there. But I guess so do I in my plan. Yeah. Yeah. Not mine. Mine's foolproof. I mean, you still have the same problem if, like, somebody clues onto your plan. Like, if somebody finds out about the prophecy. Um, yeah, cool. Okay. All right. All right so, the winner. <laughs>
So the winner is on three. One, two, three. Ken. Ken. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Ken. Thank you for voting for me, Ken, and not being sexist. Thank you. I mean, I, 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 I thank you, everyone, for... Um, Congratulations, Ken. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And this is even more special because we're in person. Oh. Anyway, I'm glad to have provided healthcare for uh, the women of medieval time. Are you going for president? Are you Kanye West? Are you going for 20, 2020 campaign? Like, the Academy. <laughs> yes, we can. Hey! Oh, oh no. Oh. Alrighty. So, this is the last episode for season two. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going away oh. for five weeks. <laughs> so, I don't know when our next episode is going to come out. Probably in the new year. Yeah. Um, so, I think... At least at this stage, we've decided that season three of World Domination is going to be a Disney theme. Yay! Woo! Oh, hiya, kids. <laughs> it's your boy, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> I apologise in advance for any weird things that I say next season. We'd like you all to join our Ohana. Ooh, oh, Stitch. Damn. A little bit of a sneak preview as to what you can expect. <laughs> really shit. Really bad impressions. Impressions, yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, we so will... be our guest. Yes, be our guest in uh, 2020. Oh, God. Ooh, yeah. Most likely, yeah. Um, as uh, Jim is going off on a long holiday. Yeah. and then... I mean, you know, we could have planned that better, but hindsight is 2020. Hey. All right, I'll give you that one. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll be back in 2020. So, yes, yeah, so we'll be back in the new year, um, focusing on Disney. Uh, we haven't quite nutted it out yet, but it'll probably be, I think, old school. So, yeah, so stay mm-hmm. tuned, friends. Um, and I guess to wrap up this season, we have some, uh, some awards to hand out. So I think best best villain of uh, the fantasy season goes to Sauron. Yay! Congratulations, Sauron. <laughs> you did it, you <laughs> son of a bitch. You did it. <laughs> so the next award is to our dominator for this season. So who had the most wins this season? Are you ready for the winner? Yep. The winner of this <laughs> of this season is... It's a fucking tie, you nerds. <laughs> God, Wait, damn what? <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Tried so hard. Aww. Uh, so we will have to come up with a way to resolve this. So we'll probably do that towards the end of next season. Uh, if you are the kind of person that lacks cliffhangers, stick around. It will eventually be resolved, I promise. <laughs> you know it will, because I will not let this go. <laughs> I will fight to the death. <laughs> A wrestle for it? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Okay. And oh, our final God. award for today is for our best listener. Uh, so we thought long and hard about this one, uh, about who we this should give this exciting. award to, because we like all of our listeners, we all do. of our listeners that engage with us. Yep. We love you. So this one, this yeah, as Jim said, it was a, a tough decision, and um, we've gone through. Thank you to everybody for your messages and and everything along the way. But uh, best listener, do we want to do a bit of a drum roll for this one? Silencio. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Twitter user Silencio. <laughs> and at, at the handle at Magic and Friends. 
Um, Silencio, you have, I think you were the tiebreaker in a, yeah, you were in a the... tough call as to what this episode would be. So thank you. Not only and... that, but you liked one of our posts while we were recording this. Yeah. So how could we say no to that? <laughs> you sensed it. We're clearly on the same wavelength as us. So thank you, Silencio. Um, and congratulations. You get this. You get, call our, pre- you get, our, you get our admiration and respect. We love you, Silencio. Um, and yeah, there you go, everybody. So now you know that there is going to be a uh, prize at the end of each season. So <laughs> at us. <laughs> awesome. All right. Cool. Well, well thanks, has, guys. It's yeah. been a lot of fun today. It's been a good good season. Nice to wrap it up in person. It's been good. It's been a lot of fun to like stare you down when I'm like convincing <laughs> you of my plan. <laughs> All women are All. pigs. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Uh, no, it's been great. Thank you for a great season two, friends. Thank you both. We will be back in 2020 for season three on Disney. Well, thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.